Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Christina. Hi, Bola. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing just fantastic today. Well, welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. And I am excited to have you on as a guest to talk about organizing life and finances. <laughs> woo, woo. Always an exciting topic. <laughs> but before we dive in, tell us who you are and what you do. So I am an attorney turned professional organizer, kind of like the ones that you see on TV, maybe on Hoarders or Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. Or Netflix. Yeah. I guess on Netflix, everybody's seen a professional organizer now. So I help people kind of get their lives and homes together, help them kick out the clutter and just bring more organization and order and, and really systems to their lives. That's awesome. And I would love for you to share how you got into becoming a professional organizer. Is there a personal backstory as to why you wanted to do this? Yeah, I kind of fell into it. And I was, so I alluded to the fact that I was an attorney before and well, I'm still an attorney. I'm just, I always, I say that my title now is recovering attorney. And so when, before I had kids, I was working as a litigation attorney. And then once I had my first child, that wasn't really going to fit into my lifestyle if I wanted to see the baby I just had, because I was working 60 to 70 hour weeks. And so I kind of looked at, all right, what's going to be career 2.0. And so I was actually watching TV. I was watching hoarders of all shows. I really liked the show. And there was one organizer in particular that I was drawn to. Have you ever watched Hoarders? Yes, I I have seen it. And it pulls my heartstrings sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, it some does of those that. Stories, some of the backstories. Yeah, it's all kind of a little tragic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, unfortunately. But there's a lot of lessons to learn because that's the extreme end of things. But anyway, so you're familiar with the show. So, you know, they have like the same kind of set of organizers that are always on. And so I was really drawn to one in particular, Dorothy Reminger, I think is her last name. Anyhow, I was watching Hoarders one night and my husband came in and watched along with me. And I said to him, and this is right in the the midst of me deciding what I wanted to be when I grew up, since I no longer wanted to be a practicing attorney. And I said, I think I can be Dorothy. And he said, I think you can be Dorothy too. So that was about 11 years ago. And so I always credit her with inspiring me to kind of explore this as a field. 
So that's kind of how I got started. So did you sort of tackle your own household and organizing your own finances first, or were you already an organized person and this was just formalizing the whole thing? Yeah, I've always been an organized person. My mother told me that I was always in hot demand for playdates because my idea of fun (laughs) was organizing my friend's playroom, right? And so parents would always be like, sure. The moms were like, yes, have Christina come over. Absolutely not a problem. (laughs) So like, that's just my idea of fun. It's like everyone goes, you might, when you walk into a really messy house, you must go, oh my gosh, this is a disaster. And I say, oh no, far from it. I'm rubbing my hands together going, ah, ha, ha, ha. You're salivating. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So I'd love for you to give us some insights to just, you know, based on your experience and I would love for you to talk about clutter and the impact on one's life and their finances and why prioritizing organization in your life and with your money is important. Sure. Well, clutter has a huge impact on your finances in in small and also big ways too. Some things you might not even realize. So an example of a small way that clutter can negatively impact your financial life and your financial health, to be really quite honest, is in the form of like making duplicate purchases. So a lot of times I'll see in clients' homes like multiples of the same thing. The funniest thing that cracks me up is when they have multiples of the same organizing book. That one especially gets me. But you know, when you buy something that you already have, let's say it's the 15th pair of scissors, you know, and that's not an exaggeration. A lot of my clients have a lot, like if you get all the scissors together and have one big scissor party, there's like a whole bunch of them in in most people's homes. Mm -hmm. And that's really, it's not necessary. Like people buy scissors because it's inexpensive to replace them or to add another because they can't find them. But then that means you can't do something different with that money that you've just, you know, invested really into the scissors. Very true. So that's a small thing, but that can really kind of snowball into a much bigger financial problem too. And then the the larger ways that clutter can impact your financial health is in the form of like late fees. If you can't find a bill to pay it. Mm. And then you're paying it late and you're getting hit with a late fee. Well, that's costing you more money, but then your credit score and your credit rating always, you know, it takes a hit and gets knocked down a peg so that if you need to borrow money, it's now more expensive for you. So I don't think people really think about that because it's not fun. (laughs) You're just like, well, it's just a pile of papers. But if the pile of papers you know, being there means that you can't find a bill to pay it on time, it's a much bigger problem than it really seems. At first That's glance. True. Yeah. And even from an overall well-being, right? If I have a house full of clutter, like walking in, I'm never truly at ease. You know, for some people, just seeing piles of clutter can be overwhelming, can be stressful, can just be a lot. Oh, sure. If you were, especially nowadays, we're spending a lot more time at home. And if we're unhappy in our home, because we don't feel comfortable, because we look around and there's always something to do, then that's not a good place to be. And so mentally it can really put you in a, not clinically depressed, but kind of a like a down state, just like mm-hmm. you said, and being overwhelmed, just generally unhappy. And I, I would say that's all kind of like bad juju. I, life is too short for bad juju. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, me personally, when my, if I have a sink full of dishes, I can't go to bed with that sink because 
I will dream about it. I would just be thinking about it. When I wake up in the morning, it's the first thing I think about, oh, I need to go deal with that sink. And then if there's like a lot of, if my house is untidy, again, it's like, I can't rest because it's in my head. Even if I'm sitting still, I'm thinking about the mess. Right. That's, that's how I am. And that's how it affects me. And I'm sure different people deal with it differently. Like some people are good at ignoring, but doesn't mean they don't think about it. It doesn't mean that when they see it, it doesn't bother them. So I guess we all handle that disorganization and clutter differently. But like you said, life is too short to have that impact us negatively. Well, yeah. When there's kind of an easy fix, it's not a happy fix, <laughs> but <laughs> like, it's not something people are going to be like, woo woo, let's do that all the time. But like, that's kind of the secret. It's just like staying on top of things can really make such a huge difference. And it, it doesn't actually take that much, but it can just clutter clutters up your physical space, but also your mm-hmm. mental yes. space too. And your emotional too. So it's, it's kind of a downer on all fronts. But it's something that everybody has. Like I'm the room I'm sitting in is a multi-purpose space in my house and it's my craft room. It's well, it used to be a guest room, but then I decided to kick the bed out so that I'd have one less purpose. But it's my <laughs> office. And so yeah, there's always stuff in it. Everybody has a space, no matter how organized you are, there's always one space that is challenging yeah. you. Or and one drawer. <laughs> yeah. The one drawer. Well, most people have more than just one drawer, but yeah. <laughs> Out of sight. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Shove it in. <laughs> I always tell my clients, they're like, Can I have a junk drawer? I'm like, Well, technically, no, you should aim to have no junk drawers. But like, if you have to have one, you get one, not three, because most kitchens aren't set up to have like three junk drawers. That's just taking up way too much valuable real estate. So what you said kind of leads me into my next question where you talk about their simple fixes. And so what steps can someone take to get organized with their finances, with their life without feeling overwhelmed? Sometimes when you you have a lot to organize and you have a lot going on in your life, kids, work, family, dependents, et cetera, whatever might be happening in someone's unique life, it can be a lot to then add on this reorganization project, right? I've watched YouTube channels where people have these organization projects on like, they do it on speed filming Mm -hmm. and it seems so easy yet. It's so hard. (laughs) So what steps can someone take to really start to get their finances and their life organized, you know, so that they have structure so that they're not missing payments so that they're not buying duplicate scissors or duplicate, whatever it is, when they know they could be doing better with that money. And I'm guilty of this because I went grocery shopping recently and I bought canned corn, mm-hmm. I bought two new ones. And I have six in my pantry, but I forgot because I didn't add it to my list and I didn't assess my pantry before right. I went. Right. So, right. so and your memory failed us. you. You had corn on the brain. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so the easy step that is actually kind of difficult for a lot of people is just to take action daily, get into trouble when you put off going through mail. Like a lot of my clients hate going through mail. And so they don't do it. And so it piles up. And I had one client tell me, actually, it was a confession. He goes, so I've always known that I needed to work with an organizer because this is a consistent problem. He goes, when I was in college, I would just throw all of my mail into a box. And some years later, I think it was like maybe five or six years later, he goes, I finally went through that box. And don't you know, someone had sent me a check. Like it, it was from a family member, I think. So he didn't, it wasn't like from a company where you can just have it like reissued. And he's like, you know, I kick myself because I literally lost out on money when I could have used it, you know, as a poor college student. (laughs) And I was like, well, bud, now you're, you know, at least you're realizing 
what you last out on and you're working with me. So now you're not going to get in that position again. He's like, exactly. He's like, I understand the error of my ways. So one of the things that I always tell clients to do, because it does seem like it's too much, right? But it's not. Like we're capable of doing so much. Like I have had my, I had a cavity one time and I don't like needles. And so I was like, I asked the dentist, I said, do you think I can just have my teeth drilled on without Novocaine? He's like, well, I wouldn't recommend it, but we can try it. <laughs> wow. So, but I really don't like needles. So you have to weigh like, what's the worst thing, right? For me, it was the needle. And I was like, let's try it. And if it gets to be too bad, then I'll, then I'll get the Novocaine. Well, he, right when it was getting so bad, that's when we were done. And I was like, okay, fine. And now I traded that. It was a good trade-off for me. Mm-hmm. And the, kind of the same thing happened when I had my kids. I didn't have an epidural. I just did it without it because to me, that was the worst, worst thing. Wow. I have to give I know, that I'm to crazy. you. I, I, the dentist <laughs> is my BFF. <laughs> I'm well, like, you need I, the injection, bring it on. <laughs> it's just, it's about your mental state and what it's worth to you. Right. So like, to me, it wasn't worth the pain because I'd actually had an epidural for a different procedure and I had residual back pain for months. And mm-hmm. so I thought, well, if I can just tough this out and get through this 15 minutes of getting this baby out, then you're fine. You're like golden. And that's exactly what it turned into. So I guess my whole point is you can do anything for 15 minutes. hmm So I always tell people to play, I have a little game. It's called the timer game. And it's, you set a timer on your phone or your microwave, whatever you have handiest, and you do nothing but put things away for 15 minutes, or you do nothing but look into your, like balance your checkbook for 15 minutes. Like Mm. you can do anything for 15 minutes because I know I've had babies for 15 minutes without epidurals and I've had my teeth drilled on without Novocaine and it took about 15 minutes. So you can, you can withstand a lot. So this is not a big ask. And when you, the trick to the game is that you don't, you might go around and like pick up all the magazines that you want to read, you know, that are scattered around your house. You don't take the time to read them during the 15 minutes. You stack them up and you put them in an area where you are going to most be able to read them the next time you have some time. Same with mail. You don't go through the mail. Well, if that's I guess if that's your tour, but generally I'm thinking this is a game I used to play with my husband before we had kids. And it was amazing how much stuff we could get put away and how much cleaner the house looked in just 15 minutes. Like the timer would go off and we're like, we're all done. If we hadn't been having the game of like to race against the clock, it would have taken far longer. But just putting that artificial time limit on it can really light a fire under your tush to get moving and get it done, even if you don't want to, because you can do anything for 15 minutes. I love that. I do. Because a lot of times, you know, when we have a difficult task, for example, people who don't like to budget or people who need to create their debt payoff plan or people who need to organize their closets or their kitchens, they say, I'm going to spend today doing it. Right. And they spend Mm -hmm. all these hours, maybe get distracted here and there. And then after they spent all that time, they never want to do it again, or they delay repeating that process as long as possible because of how long it took the first time. And so I love your suggestion of breaking it down into 15 minutes. And when you were talking, I already had a resistance. I'm like, oh, well, if I have to 
set a timer for 15 minutes and I have to plan out what I need to do. But then in my head, I'm like, I can actually create a list of what I need to do in 15 minutes the first day. <laughs> and the second day, tackle the first thing on that list, which could be organize my closet, review my budget, plan my meals, whatever, and just sure. have a 15 minute block on my calendar every day to do one thing to organize and declutter my life. That's, That's so great. easy. Yeah. I think the one huge mistake that people make is trying to carve out a huge chunk of time to do something that they don't want to do. Like you said, create a budget plan or organize their closet or whatever. And the problem is that this time never actually materializes. It's mythical time. We're all busy. <laughs> it's just not going to appear because I, I hear it from clients. They're like, I'm going to tackle the attic. I'm going to just set aside an entire weekend. And then they're like, oh, that weekend never came. It's like, yeah, it's never going to come. It's not being realistic about your life. And so 15 minutes, you can you don't make huge progress, but you make consistent progress. If you really want to double down on the 15 minutes, you'll spend 15 minutes in one closet like every day until it's done. You won't do 15 minutes here and then 15 minutes there and then 15 minutes in your kitchen. You know, you won't bounce around. You will not see progress if you're bouncing around. If you are compounding those 15 minutes in one space, you know, it's just like financial compounding. You'll really see everything snowball in your favor. So yeah, the other thing I think people make the mistake of doing is just trying to do too much all at once. So, and this is a problem I think that is instigated by some well-meaning people in like the organizing profession, because you will see, or the industry, you'll see certain very famous organizers tell you to take everything out of your closet and dump it on your bed. Oh no. I tried that once. My my closet is pretty organized. Like I'm a very organized person. If I'm, if my life is disorganized then I have issues. So I did try that one time and I was like, this is a horrific idea because it took me forever. Yeah. Put everything back for, yeah. and then the the days that I I hadn't put it back, it drove me so crazy. <laughs> yep, like, I'm never doing miserable. that again ever. Yep. yep, that's why I think the far easier way is just to break it into smaller chunks. So for a closet, if you want to do more than 15 minutes, of course you could just hit reset. You know, for another 15 minutes, <laughs> for as long as you have, but still try and beat that clock and stay focused and see how much you can get done. But mm-hmm. the other thing you can do is today I'm just going to do my shoes. Or today I'm just going to do the top rack or just my shirts, you know, just one little section. I was giving a talk to, it was female entrepreneurs who all had small businesses. And I gave a talk about, of course, organizing. And I, at the end of the presentation, someone raised their hand and said, I have a question. She goes, what do you think about Marie Kondo's methods? And I said, well, what do you think about, you know, her methods? And she goes, well, I read her books and I've been following what she said to do And it's been nine months. And so far, I've gone through every pair of pants in my house in nine months. And I was like, ooh, that was probably not what you were hoping to do in that amount of time. She's like, no. And I was like, well, you've kind of answered your own question. It kind of doesn't work for you, right? So it might work for some people, but some people it might not. So that's why I think the smaller chunk method is just more realistic for people. It's far easier to carve out 15 minutes from your day than it is, you know, a whole afternoon or a whole weekend. That's what I usually hear is people are Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to find one whole weekend. Ooh, good luck with that. You're probably busy. (laughs) I mean, the biggest complaint I hear from people when it comes to finances, and I'm sure when you hear 
from your clients when it comes to organizing and clutter is time. I don't have time. And so for some people that whole do it all in one weekend might work. Right. But for a lot of people, especially people that I've spoken to who complain about not having time when it comes to finances and all that kind of stuff, the approach that you mentioned would be more ideal because it's just picking small pockets. It's similar to like, you know, when you hear people talking about fitness, like, you know, instead of thinking about how you're going to work out for an hour a day, just work out for 10 minutes. Because mm-hmm. you can find 10 minutes mm-hmm. here and there, you know, you can make it work. So if you have a busy lifestyle, you have a demanding career, you you have kids, you have dependents, you have just a busy life overall, then I really like this approach of 15 minutes. And if you want to do 30 minutes, fine. But I really like this approach. And I'm thinking about what I'm going to do for 15 minutes today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would love for you to tell us what has been one of your your most crazy, your craziest or most challenging organization projects? Well, it was that blew your um, mind. <laughs> all right. No, I have this one is always, I always say it's a crowd pleaser whenever I tell it because everyone's like their jaws just hit the floor. So it was early on in my career as an organizer, but it was a home that is the closest I've ever been on for one that would qualify to be on hoarders. Okay. So that just gives you a, a visual. So this home would have been a runner up only because not every space was completely filled, but you went beyond the common areas or, or like it would be like the public spaces. So beyond the living room and the dining room and the kitchen, if you opened up a closet, it was filled top to bottom, front to back. If you've opened up a kitchen cabinet, same thing. And so this was a home that was such a challenge just because it was actually my friends. I was helping out my friend. It was her grandmother's house. And when we started working on the house, her grandmother was alive. She had not been in the house for, I think, two years. She'd been in like an assisted living home. Mm -hmm. And then about a week after we started working in her home, she passed away, unfortunately. So I was dealing with the grief of my friend's mother who just was beside herself. She just, I think they had held on to the home thinking that the grandma would be able to come home, but that wasn't very realistic. And so we had all this stuff. And so we were going through the house and it just, things were piled up to where you could open the door and get in the room, but then there was a mountain of stuff in pretty much all of the bedrooms. So we're going through the things and I kept finding these checks, uncashed checks. Oh, wow. Pretty small amounts. So I just kept collecting them because as an attorney, I knew that these were from I don't know if it was pension. I'm forgetting if it was, they were from a couple different sources. I think some of them were from grandma's husband's when he passed, she just stopped cashing these checks, but they were everywhere. So I just held on to them. We just kept amassing them. And the client was like, well, these are no good. They're like, you know, from 10 years ago. And I said, oh no, the company like has to give you this money. Like it's your money and you'll be able to get it back. So in the end, I counted up all the checks and it was almost $100,000. Wow. That's insane. I'm glad you made that point about even though the check is expired, you can reach out to the company because a lot of people don't realize that. Wow. Oh, yeah. 100 grand. Yes, 100 grand. But wait, there's more. Then I learned when finding checks kind of everywhere, I was finding like random bits of cash, a couple gift cards, but not nothing that much. Well, then above the stove, I found a whole bunch of silver notes. I didn't even know what silver notes were. So now that I guess they're collector items and you can't turn them in to get money back from the government, but found a whole bunch of those. 
And then I had brought in a team to kind of help go through things because I said, I am going to die in this house. (laughs) There's just so much. Like I could spend the rest of my life and we would not get through everything. So I got the clients okay to bring in a team to help me. And a team member found $10,000 in cash stuffed into an air filter box in the basement, like just on like randomly. So the client was so happy. So it was my friend's mother. She was so happy because not only did she pay for all of me, you know, all of my services, but then she had tons left over. So it was just, it really helped to kind of cushion the blow from, you know, the loss of her mother. So, and just make, you know, it can be expensive when someone passes away, all of the wrapping up the estate and doing all that can be expensive. But in this case, you know, I was able to help out by decluttering. Who knew? Wow. That's, I'm just thinking about that $100,000 in small random checks around the house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you were there to help. And, you know, while you were speaking, I was just thinking about it. Like sometimes when people are dealing with like tons of clutter or like, you know, overwhelmed by their finances, for those of you listening, it's, it's fine. If you feel like you can't do it yourself, it's fine. It's fine to seek help. It's fine to reach out to a professional like Christina. It's fine to reach out to a financial planner to help you organize things. It's fine if you feel that your issues are even deeper beyond that and you want to talk to a therapist. It's fine. Because sometimes, you know, especially when you you'd watch shows like Hoarders and you realize that the clutter is there, but the issue is beyond the material things that they're hoarding. So don't be ashamed or embarrassed to get help. Don't be embarrassed that you have clutter. We all have had clutter, deal with clutter all the time. <laughs> so yeah. I just wanted to share that as well. Yeah, that's a great point. A lot of people hesitate calling me because they're like, well, my house is a is a wreck. And I say to them, well, I kind of know that's why people call me. I don't expect it to be, you know, ready for magazine shoot. So it's like, exactly. I, I have, I know there's <laughs> an issue and we, and we all have an issue. And I think that organizing is an area where people feel like they should know how to do it better. Like they should just already know this. Like very, finances. Yep. Very, yes. You should, very, you should know. Why don't you know well, how, but, how to invest in the stock market? You should have known when you were born. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody comes programmed like that, but it is something that you can learn to do. Yes. It takes some time, but it's like, this just happens to be my strength, but like, I'm sure everybody listening, there is no doubt in my mind that everybody listening can dance better than I can. I, it's just embarrassing. It's just not a good scene. So like, that's something other people can do better. And some people have really practiced at that. Same thing with like skiing or baking. Like everybody has something that they really excel at that they don't even think twice about. That's you know, true. and then they compare, if you talk to like a life coach, they'll say, oh, that's compare and despair when they think, oh, somebody else can do that better. And I kind of stink at it. And so I shouldn't even try. That's just comparing yourself and then getting into a place of despair, which is back to the start of our conversation, bad juju. It's like, knock it off. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm a tough love kind of person. So me too, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when it's called for, but my, oh, I find it a lot of my clients need it. And they're like, sometimes they look at me like they cock their head a little bit. I'm like, that is really bad negative self-talk. And it's, I don't want to hear that from you again. They're just like, I didn't even realize that. Like I didn't, they didn't even hear themselves saying, I'm so dumb. I should know this. It's like, no, you're not dumb. You're brilliant. Yeah. You know, you went to Juilliard or you, cause I've had, all my clients are very smart. No one's, no one's dumb. It's just, they haven't had a reason to learn these skills until now. 
you know, you haven't figured out a way to make it work in the way that works for you. This finances organization, this is not about rocket science. Anybody can do this, you know, Mm -hmm. just learning the skills that you need for yourself and finding the approach to it that works best for you. That's right. And carving out some time to make it happen, making it a priority. Yes. Yes. Well, this has been great, Christina. I do appreciate you sharing. Before you go, you have to tell everyone what is your Clever Girl superpower. I know you are an incredible organizer. (laughs) One of my friends actually identified my superpower for me. And I think it is one of the reasons why I am such a strong organizer. And it's actually being present. I'm very connected to what is going on in my life right now. I am not a woulda, coulda, shoulda kind of woman. Like that drives me nuts. It's like, you know, it didn't happen. (laughs) If it was meant to be, it would have been, but we're here now. And what do we do now to go where I want to go instead of getting held back by past decisions? I like let go of things pretty quickly, mentally, not always, you know, because I'm human. So my superpower is not always activated, but for the most part, I'm really clear on where I am in my life, what I need and what I have time for. And so that, that allows me to rock out on life, I guess. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that's a great superpower to have just to just keep it moving, you know, keep yep. moving forward. Well, where can folks learn more about you, learn more about your business, keep up with you, et cetera? So I am everywhere on the internet at Streamline Living. And my website is streamlineliving.oh.com because when I started, there was another Streamline Living out there. And then I have a special download for your listeners if they want to get five mistakes that you're making in their home and then how to solve them. They can snag that for free at streamlinelivingoh.com slash clever. I'll be sure to have your website and also your social media links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Christina, for coming on and for sharing your expertise with us. You're welcome. It's been a, a lovely chat. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.